You're listening to the Geek Legacy Escape Pod. The crew coming together and gelling and becoming this like you know intergalactic family that we know and love. And wacky mayhem ensues. It just feels like they're trying so hard to capture the fans of the original series. Yeah, that was hot garbage. It, he just got like weird, like creepy uncle weird. That was a bold choice. Yeah, I, I had fun with it. It's true. It was the 80s. It must be so bad that they just never <laughs> You won't make it in the future, do they? I don't think so, no. I am not a Tashi R fan. That's probably the nicest thing I will say. That is absolutely perfect way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Geek Legacy's Escape Pod. Season two, where we discuss Star Trek The Next Generation. We rewatch it from scratch, and we have just uh, come back from nursing our wounds after having finished the first season. And now we uh, have got up a little bit of strength, and we're ready to to settle in and hunker down for season two. Uh, So this is a super exciting journey for us all. I am your host, Randy Van Dyke, and I am joined by two shipmates of whom I would rather, uh, I I would not rather have any other, any other people on this, fuck, I'm I'm derailing, on this goddamn (laughs) escape pod with me. Number one, my, 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 my left hand here, uh, Let's go with Justin Cavender. How are you doing, left hand? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Have we all had enough time to get over Tasha Yar's death? <laughs> I don't, I don't I'm know. Over it. Okay. I'm, I, am, I am way over it. I just needed yeah, to I'm get not... over that it took so long. In my eyes, it happened in like episode like seven. I had no idea. It was, it was like, like was it like 22. Eight? Oh, my God. I, I, like I, I tolerated her like the first like six episodes. So I'm like, oh, here it comes. It was totally hot tub time machine. And then I'm like. <laughs> Oh man, she's doing this show. I I am ready to start killing off some more cast members after uh, just beginning season two, and we'll get into that. But uh, on the other hand, the right hand, we have Mr. David Edmondson. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, you wipe with the right hand, you throw with the right hand, you probably Joe with the right hand, if you know what I mean, if you can read between the lines. So uh, I'm happy, you know, (laughs) J-O. All sloppy and no joke. Doing stuff, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm doing fantastic. You can you can spit on me and uh, rub me on anytime, uh, Randy. How are you doing? Uh, I am fantastic, <laughs> and this took a hell of a turn. Um, and and I'm not implying that any one of you is my right hand man, where the other is not. I literally have one of you on one side of my screen and on the other side. So that's how that is how you guys are designated this fine evening. You are both number one in my book. Uh, and speaking of number one, hey, Riker's got his beard. Season two, hooray! Uh, they've still got their their uh, early early season uniforms. They don't have their stand up collars on their their uniforms yet. So he's not full barely... beard though yet. He's he's got like a small beard, like a like a tenth grader beard, like like a prepubescent kind of like, hey, look, oh, you know, look, daddy, I'm using the razor for the first time, kind of beard. Yeah, and like those uh, new circle beards that are popping up everywhere. Ooh, what's a circle beard? It's uh. So you know how you have like your sideburns connect to underneath your chin. So you just follow it up around your head and you shave the rest of your head. You got like a circle around your face. I saw some guy in in the wild today with it, and I'm like, "What What? the fuck is that?" And the person I was with said, "It's called a circle beard." I looked it up, and guess it's a thing. Holy shit! I've only ever seen it like on a joke video, like in social media. I didn't think it was a real thing that anybody would actually do in the wild. So that. That tells me that we probably should be on an escape pod away from the rest of humanity. Um, <laughs> I know it'll shock you, but he also had those things in his ears where, like, the plugs, you know. Oh, yeah. I know. Well, he's just a guy you. that likes a bunch of circles then. Yeah. You know, he's got and the neck, and, and a neck in his ears. <laughs> All right. All right. You know, you're, you're painting a picture of, uh, of, of somebody I, I would want to sit down and have lunch with. Yeah. What I'm telling or you not. is I did not see him at a work job. Right. Right. Nor will you ever. Nope. You know, in a respectable industry. I'm, uh, respect- I'm glad you mentioned the callers, Randy, because as we were watching, when we first started watching this show, I, I thought the uniforms looked weird and I couldn't place it. And it's just the simple, like, inch and a half with the collars that makes yeah. such a difference on the uniform. I was like, holy shit, you're right. There's collars in, like, season three, I think, is when the collars Yeah, start. season three <laughs> is when the collars come in. And uh, up until then, it looks like... Past, Justin? Yeah, <laughs> before, it's like they're wearing... we crossed the- more lines. <laughs> 
yeah. They're wearing the t-shirts of uniforms for the first two seasons, you know, yeah. like all casual and such. Yeah. And then, uh, and then season three, they're like, Oh, we're going a little formal. We're going to pop our collars and you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And they're, and, then, and their ranking dots go on the collar too, instead of, uh-huh. uh, on, on the, the neckline or whatever. They're called pips. Dots. Uh. They're called ranking dots. <laughs> <laughs> well, without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this first episode of season two. It's called The Child. The Child. It's called Garbage, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all called it garbage. I want to see the baby. <laughs> yeah, I would very much like to see the baby. Um, so it has 5.7 star rating on IMDb. It's about two and, and a half too many. <laughs> it uh, originally aired November 21st, 1988. And here is the, the little blurb. Deanna is impregnated by an unknown life form, and Dr. Catherine Pulaski joins the Enterprise as the ship's new chief medical officer. That's it. That's all it says about this episode. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, it sounds a lot better than the, it actually was. And it leads to the best line of the whole episode when, when she announces she's pregnant, or when Picard announces she's pregnant, and Riker literally says, like, I don't mean to be indelicate, but who to daddy? <laughs> right. We we need a uh, we need Maury Povich being like, and you are not the father. <laughs> yeah, you could see his tense up. Like, come on, when's last you're doing the math? Like, when's the last time I had sex with her? Beta zoids, maybe they incubate longer. Damn, is this my kid? I don't even think he was upset about that. I think he was upset at the prospect that somebody else was getting in there. Yeah. I think that's I think what that's what Riker was upset about. I don't Never think he would have minded rhubarb. Exactly. If I learned anything from Batman 89, it was that. It's a good takeaway, Randy. (laughs) (laughs) And and you know what? I have, in in all those years since then, I've never even seen another man's rhubarb, much less rubbed it. I don't even know what rhubarb is. is. I I can't even spell it. (laughs) There's an H in there somewhere, and oftentimes you will find rhubarb mixed with uh, strawberry in a pie. Because that that cuts because uh, if it was just tra- too many strawberries by itself, it'd be too sweet. So you got to have the rhubarb in there to tame down the sweetness. R H U B A R B. If you gave me like three times to spell it, I would have got it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have never gotten that. I would have been, I would have been buzzed out of the spelling bee. <laughs> the the big hook would have come in, just yanked you off stage. <laughs> yeah, or the trap door. <laughs> Have you guys ever been to the Smelling Bee? No. I was. No. Okay, so I, I, I was. sports. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Rub it in. I watched um, people play sports. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I briefly <laughs> played sports and realized it wasn't for me. And then I, I decided to pursue more academic endeavors. But apparently that wasn't for me either. Because do you know the word that got me out? Cushion. Oh, Idiot. oh that's a fun one. <laughs> but for some reason, because I, I was, they threw me all these curveballs, and there were only like three or four of us left. And you know, like in terms of they were out to get I mean, like, Randy all the I O N words and that kind of thing. Like, is it T I O N? Is it S I O N? You know, like, and and I don't remember how old I was. I was in I was in grade school. I was in elementary school. So I mean, I was pretty young at the time. Um, and I I still remember to this day the goddamn word cushion got me. Um, but you never forgot that, how to spell it. You're damn right. <laughs> I threw dodgeballs at people who have been spelling me, Randy. <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> that was back sure. in the day when you're allowed to go for the head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the smell. The smell of those dodgeballs. Yeah. Dude, All right. Mark. So getting back on task. So uh, this was the first, as we mentioned, the first episode of season two. Now, season two is going to embark on, on uh, bigger budgets. Um, and they were going to be doing a neat thing where you didn't have to spend your entire episode's budget on that one episode. You could roll it over throughout the season. So let's say like uh, minutes on was... a cell phone plan. Exactly. Roll over minutes from singular. Like if it was meant to be two million dollars an episode, but you only spent one million, that means on your next episode you could spend three million. I mean, that we got a thing. new location. We got ten forward, and I think ten forward probably is the best looking part of the ship. <laughs> I th- yeah, ten forward is a new location. I want to say we see way more of engineering than we ever did before. Engineering before was a teeny tiny little room. It was like um, the warp core, and then like half a corridor. 
Yeah, and I remember they used like a fisheye lens to shoot Picard walking through it in episode one, season one. And I remember going, wow, I don't remember ever seeing this this uh, view of the ship before. Even though we'd seen that warp core, that the very little version of, of engineering many times, but seeing it in a super, super wide angle fish lens as they're, pa- you know, panning across with somebody walking it just felt very weird but here it, it's it's getting bigger because now we've got laforge uh working down there and um you know they're really expanding his role which was kind of cool um yeah so we're, we're we're starting to see more areas of the ship and they're spending more more money on lighting and all that kind of stuff but uh the biggest problem with this episode isn't the lighting it's the writing and uh because there was a writer strike happening uh earlier that year and that deeply impacted uh pretty much all of season two of the next generation um so basically these scripts were put together fairly quickly and there wasn't a whole lot of oversight in terms of like rewriting it and going back and fixing it and getting it up to people's expectations so pretty much by the time uh this episode came up uh the showrunner didn't really have time to go through and do any kind of more rewrites so they're just like well let's just kind of do it as it is and hope for the best um and it's a very deanna troy uh centered episode which is kind of cool because uh and and marina sirtis has gone on record as saying that she really enjoyed this episode or she really enjoyed doing this one because she felt she was underutilized in season one and we even picked up on that, um, you know, just having watched those episodes going, there's entire like two, three episode uh, runs where she didn't even make an appearance, you know, and we joked that it was because, well, you know, if they had a Betazoid there, somebody that could read minds, they would have instantaneously figured out the problem and it, there wouldn't have been any conflict in the episode, you know, it would have lasted five or 10 minutes. Yeah, so they it's had clear to, like, that they had no idea how to use a, someone with, you know, empathetic powers like a. Uh... You know, I think it's something that like she kind of, you know, steers into and learns as the show goes on. But it's clear in season one, they're like, so can she read minds? Can she like talk to people? What what can she do? And uh, um, I can see that being difficult. Um, And it makes a lot of sense that they have the writer's strike because I think, you know, looking ahead at the at the scores, you know, a lot of the later episodes seem to really, really be characters, character driven and very much like uh, much higher rated because, you know, I'm assuming that during the writer's strike, all the writers do is they just sit there and they write. And then by, when finally the writer strikes over, they're like, here's 80 scripts that I wrote <laughs> while I couldn't officially work for you. So um, I'm anxious to see how it, uh, how it bears fruit later on. Yeah. So uh, originally, and this is kind of interesting. Uh, it wasn't even uh, the, the first draft of the script wasn't even written for Star Trek, the next generation. It was actually written for a canceled late 1970s Star Trek series called Star Trek phase two. And because that never happened, it never got off the ground. The script had been sitting around. And, uh, you know, during that writer's strike, when new material wasn't coming in, they're like, hey, let's dust this thing off and see if we can spit shine it. And that's how we ended up getting this episode. But we got great moments with Commander Riker. You know, we, we got his beard making an appearance. We got him, you know, doing his, uh, his thing, uh, lifting his leg over chairs. Marking his territory, lifting his leg all over the ship. Um, and between that and 10 forward, that's about the best of it. Uh, we got to see uh, a new doctor. Uh, we, we heard that uh, Dr. Crusher is now the head of Starfleet Medical. and She's going to be working off Earth, based off of Earth. And we get to see Wesley Crusher for a hot second, debating whether or not he wants to stay on the Enterprise or whether he wants to, to go you know, be close to his mom. There are several interesting yeah. aspects to those last couple sentences. The first of which being like, you know, per, you know, the rumor is is that Gay McFadden left the show because of like poor treatment from the writers. You would have thought if the writers hated her, like she would have like gotten a shit job, but like they gave her like the best job she could possibly ever want um, for her fictional character. So that's interesting off the bat. And the other thing is that she would just leave her teenage son on like a ship exploring the galaxy in dangerous situations without her, you know. Um, well, especially seeing after the shit that he's been through in season one. Yeah. He was, he was well, not I mean, in safety. I, I, I guess she does anticipate he's going to join her. Um, we don't, I, I guess, actually see the phone call where he tells her, like, I oh, know I'm going to stay. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's just bad parenting. But I also think that she really trusts Picard, and we really saw that over season one a lot. So it's like if, if Wesley's going to stay, at least he's under the watchful eye of a crew that – that she trusts and a captain that she trusts. 
Yeah, that's great. So you you let them visit and you know, go on an away mission or two, not like live there for a year. And I think putting her on Earth, even though it is like a nice cushy job, uh, if the writers were trying to get rid of her, uh, it's probably the best thing you can do because how often is Star Trek, a series about you know exploring the great unknown of space, going to visit Earth? Theoretically, not that often. Only those great episodes with those amazing stop motion bugs that burrow into the back of your head and crawl up your chest. Yeah, hopefully we don't have too many of those in the, in the yes. near future. But yeah, we talked about 10 Forward. We got to see Guinan. We got to see Whoopi Goldberg for the first time in the series. And um, I, I don't know about you guys. I totally thought we didn't see 10 Forward or Guinan until much later in the series. I did not realize that we got into that episode one of season one or two. You know, I, I didn't think we got into it nearly that soon. I thought it was something that came in like halfway through. I would have been totally wrong. Yeah, I'm the opposite. In... I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm the opposite. I thought that she was in the beginning and then got too big and then had to leave Star Trek. So I thought she was in season one. Yeah, she's in. Uh, she'll be in like the next four seasons. And then she was actually going to be in season two of Star Trek Picard playing the same character. That's exciting. exciting. Yeah. And she was in a couple of the movies, too, if I remember correctly. She was in Generations. She was in Generations. Okay. Because I think it all goes back. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a lot of mystery that's going on with her. And Will Wheaton's having that conversation. Wesley's having that conversation with her. Like, what are people saying about me? Where do I come from? Blah, blah, blah. And then she's the only one that knows about the Nexus, you know, because it goes back to her origin. And, you know, that fateful day when everyone disappeared or died or went into the nexus or whatever the fuck i forget what i can't i can't bring myself to rewatching uh generations i fucking hated that movie so much so, uh, so generations fun. is actually playing for free on youtube right now oh um, man Pass. Or at least it was as of like two weeks ago because right around when i watched this episode i had just finished watching generations and i'm like oh she knew dr soren which is um what's his yeah, name malcolm mcdowell malcolm mcdowell thank you um she, yeah, she knew Dr. Soren. She was on his, his same ship, and they were both survivors and the whole Nexus thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it made that conversation with with Wesley a whole lot more interesting with that, having just seen that uh, in Generations within the past week. So I thought, wow, that was actually kind of cool. That was nicely done. How that Yeah, fun callback. Yeah, yeah, without yeah. even knowing or call forward in a way. You right, know? right. It's like um, with um, with Star, Star Wars when luke says you're you you know you followed my father in the clone wars you know it's like yeah what the yeah. hell's a clone war <laughs> yeah <laughs> bunch of twins killing each other what's happening what is that what is a clone war uh oh, yeah where baru's know. like he's got too much of his father in him what the fuck does that mean yeah <laughs> uh so that was definitely interesting you're right there, there are a lot of firsts randy i mean you know record with his beard him mounting the chair dr Pulaski. Uh, Guinan and Ten Forward, uh, Jordy in engineering, uh, Worf in a yellow shirt. Yep, uh, yep. You know, even in the last the season finale, he was still wearing red because he was acting security um, officer or whatever the fuck. And so now he got the full blown promotion. Yeah. Like, well, I guess I guess Tashiara is not coming back, so we'll go <laughs> ahead and give you the job. <laughs> <laughs> is it weird? I'm wearing her clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should be a tight fit. That would be funny. Oh my god. <laughs> It's like when Lando's so wearing Han's clothes at the end of Return of the Jedi. Right, right. Yeah, his clothes, man. It's <laughs> fucking funny. Um, now was I don't remember. Did Jordy have on his uh, yellow uniform yet, or was he still red? Uh, he is yellow. Okay, that's what I thought. So yeah, that, that was two two big uh, uniform color changes, two big branch changes here. Um, in season yeah, I think two. he's lieutenant. He's lieutenant Jordy LaForge, I think, in this one. And we get to see uh, for it looks like oh, he's credited here, and I don't really remember him popping up very long in the episode. But we got to see uh, O'Brien as the transporter chief, not named yet, but Colmini was in there. Yeah, because he was in the pilot. He was in the counter Farpoint too, but again, no name. Yeah, but he he was in a few episodes, quite a few episodes in season one. But I, I like how. Uh, you know, as other characters are getting their roles bolstered up, hopefully, you know, his isn't too far away, too. I have no idea when they give him a name and actually start, like, giving him lines. But uh, I guess that's going to have to be the, well, maybe that'll be the next thing that we're counting down, hot tub time machine style. Right. <laughs> Gr- granted, it's not nearly as interesting as waiting for Yar to die. But <laughs> I, I do think it's funny that he is an Irish man, you know, born in Ireland. 
and he gets a name like O'Brien <laughs> Star Trek. I don't know, it's just funny to me. McFly. You it's Irish like the bug. Smith, the Smith of Irish people in like my head because that was the name that I saw on television as a kid was O'Brien, right? Oh yeah. I mean they they they, they did not uh they didn't uh work too hard in the creativity right. uh, area to, to come up with that name. Right. So let's talk about Dr. Pulaski. So uh, there, there's a, I know. <laughs> well, at least let's talk about her introduction to Picard. Um, you know, he's, he wants to go meet this new doctor that they've just picked up. And uh, you know, that's off kind the of where they, off the streets. Yes. Uh, they just kind of talked about where uh, Dr. Crusher ended up and Hey, we got this new doctor. Hey, you know, is she, is she in the, is she in sick bay? No, doctor's not there. Computer, locate the doctor. Oh, she's getting drunk in 10 forward. So it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so he goes to find her there because he can't get a hold of her any other way. And she's like very flippant with him and just like not at all professional sounding. And already I hate this character. And maybe it's just because I actually like Dr. Crusher. And luckily, um, you know, spoiler alert, we know she comes back in future seasons. And uh, this doctor is thankfully one season one and done, but man, I cannot stand her attitude already. <laughs> yeah, she's, Even more she's like, she's, like, okay. I was just, she talks down like the captain. She's kind of a bitch about it also. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they go back to that tar alien planet. The uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, gonna be both planet. The um, even Worf was like not a not a good place to meet your captain or whatever. Uh, when she's already a ten forward, and he yeah. even says that when Picard's like still walking to the turbo lift or whatever, he's all being all cute. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I like it when he's sassy. I like sassy Worf. <laughs> it's funny. But you're right. Yeah. And then like with Data, she's really rude and curt with Data. She. She calls him Data, and he's like, are you talking to me? <laughs> She's like, yeah, Data, Data, what's the difference? He's like, one's my name, and one is not. <laughs> and when 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 Deanna, you know, is, is going through labor, and, and Data's like, oh, yeah, I'll stay with you. And she's like, fuck off, man. She needs the warm touch of a human, not the cold hand of an android. And Deanna's like, whoa, calm your downs, Pulaski. Data will do just fine. It's, they're throwing a lot of ammunition at us, and I'm, I'm, I have to imagine it's intentional, like to shake yeah. things up a little bit. So it is unfair of us to hate her as much as you know we do, but she's definitely being, uh, you know, just sort of that. When you watch like the real world, there's that one character that just fucking sucks, and you're just like, man, that guy is gonna get a lot of screen time. <laughs> and it's like anytime you watch a reality show, and there's just that one personality that you know you would just clash with and you can't stand that that's who she is you know she's like a plant basically there's that one uncle that comes over for the holidays has a little bit too much to drink and starts like getting off on the the crazy conspiracies and racist shit right and and, and i feel like that's that's dr pulaski here yeah 100 she's she bugs and and there's going to be a, a several episodes where she is going to rub us the wrong way well, good bad. to know what we're getting ourselves into here. Right. Uh, it, it's fun, I guess. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, you know, she was already an Academy Award winner. Uh, asked Gene Roddenberry through her friend LeVar Burton to create a recurring role for her because she was such a big fan of the show. Oh, nice. Oh, that's cool. That's I didn't cool. know that she went out of her way to be involved in it. Yeah. Uh, what did she win? Like Color Purple or something? Yeah. Do you know what it was? Oh. Yeah, she's Best Supporting Actress, Color Purple. This is, this is pre-Best Supporting Actress for Ghost. So that was 1990, uh-huh. I believe. I read um, the color purple when I was like in seventh grade. <laughs> Alice Walker. Hard, I'll never it's forget. It's a hard book for us. It grade. is. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Woo. That was a tough one. Uh, <laughs> they also talking about Riker's beard. I guess uh, Riker showed up um, to like the first first uh, like day back, you know, where they're reading scripts and stuff and going. they were going to a Star Trek convention and he had a beard on and uh, that he planned on shaving. And uh, at the convention, I guess everyone kept commenting, well, I like your beard, I like your beard. And so Roddenberry asked the crowd if Riker should keep his beard, and they all said yes. And so uh, he convinced uh, Jonathan Franks to keep the beard that he did not shave until 10 years later when they were filming Star Trek Insurrection. That's awesome. It's crowdsourcing, crowdsourcing <laughs> before crowdsourcing was a thing. Yeah, right. They crowdsourced a beard and one hair at a time. Um, yeah. It's one no, hair that's... for every, 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 every screaming woman. <laughs> a lot of women i love it no that's that's great um i, I like hearing stories like that you know uh giving the fans what they want 
Simpson was also nominated for an Emmy Award for Outstanding Achievement in Music Composition. Oh, wow. Well, I, I, I will have to admit, the music didn't stand out as really cheesy, cheap, or jarring. So so that's good. That's one of the things I noticed in the, for the first season quite a bit, is it felt super melodramatic, or it felt like, wow, this is left over from the 60s original series uh, music. Um, or it just sounds like an 80s horror movie, just like bad and like single-note synthy kind of thing. Um, so <clears throat> I guess that's cool. Yeah. Um, well, the composer did, um, 88 episodes of next generation, 78 episodes of DS nine, 64 episodes of Voyager and 30 episodes of enterprise. He also did uh, star Trek generations. So uh, nice. There you go. So yeah. Uh, good, good for who, who is the composer? Uh, Dennis McCarthy. All right, good for. He was Dennis. nominated for a ton of Emmys for this show. Doesn't oh, like no. he ever won though. On on Whoopi Goldberg's uh, Wikipedia, it says she won a Golden Globe for Best Actress in uh, for The Color Purple, but then won an Academy Award for Best Ghost. Supporting Actress in Ghost. Yeah, well, ah. I guess she didn't have an Academy Award at that point. She she had to wait a couple years. Yeah, only a year because this was is eighty nine, right? And Ghost was nineteen ninety. Was ninety, yeah. So ninety one, I guess, would have been when the ceremony is. Right, February yeah, ninety one. She's, she's a, a rising goddamn star at this point in time. Yeah, didn't even know. He also does music for your favorite show, Randy The Expanse. Oh damn! All right, how does that go? The Expanse. <laughs> Pretty <Dong>. much. <laughs> Lost does that too. <laughs> so there's certain <laughs> plot elements about this episode that don't really. Um, you mean it, it sucks? Really Is that what you were saying? <laughs> well, yeah. I beat around the bush. Uh, so let, let, let's talk in. Let's talk about the major plot line in this one, and this is this uh, mysterious ball of glowing energy, kind of goes through the Enterprise and ends up like inside of Counselor Troy and impregnates her, right? Um, and it <laughs> puts like kill it. Kill it. it sounds yeah. hot when you say it like that. <laughs> it puts this baby inside of her. And uh, and it just like ages uh, like exponentially, you know. She like goes to full term in the matter of like twenty four hours or something 36, like that. Thirty six, I think. Yeah. Thirty six hours, yeah. And then it's like next thing you know, you see it as a four year old, and then as a teenager, and then as an adult kind of thing, like going through the the life cycle of of a human or half human, half Betazoid, because it's ba- basically just kind of almost like a genetic copy of Troy. There's like no other DNA. It's just her DNA making this thing up. Uh, um, keeps asking, is this normal for a Betazoid? <laughs> yeah. They don't know. <laughs> but it's, it's polite that they ask and don't just right. like, assume one way or the other, I guess. Right. they're That's a freak. Well, that's actually how all Betazoids are, are made. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. But um, yeah, so... You know, the, the, the big thing, and we kind of joked about it earlier, where Riker's like, who's the father kind of thing. Um, it, it it does kind of bring up like the, the whole thing about like consent and, you know, obviously alien entities that are mostly balls of energy. That's probably like a weird or foreign concept to them when the whole point of doing this whole thing was just to kind of like try to understand this race of people on this ship by living one of their life cycles, even if it was very accelerated, just to kind of try to get to know them. But the idea of like invading somebody's body and, and doing the things that it did, um, you know, is I, I guess maybe not at the time in '88 when this was released, but by today's standards, you know, when you look back on it, the scene is kind of rapey, and uh, that gives that that makes people a little bit uncomfortable with this episode. Um, I don't know. What's, what's interesting too, because Deanna was, you know, her motherly instincts kicked in immediately. She's like, I, I I'm having this this baby. Yep. You know, Papa, don't preach. I'm gonna keep my baby. <laughs> as Madonna oh, saying, <laughs> so that is interesting. You know, like she, she, she knew that something foreign had had developed inside of her, but she didn't care. It was hers, right? And and she could feel a presence. Mm-hmm. She couldn't really communicate with it or whatever. This 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 being, this power, this thing. You know, once it became her son, you know, it could immediately be able to talk. You know, by age four, it was speaking. You know, and by a teenager, it was emoting and being an emo teenager. Um, you know, so she was able to communicate with it then, but 
not really as the entity itself, just as this child, as you would a child. Right. Kind of. I think so, another cool thing too was was when Data was with her, and he's just like, "Can you sense it? Like, do you know what it's feeling? Do you know what it's thinking?" She's like, "Data, it's happening now." He's like, "What? Oh my god!" And then he becomes like that concerned, like freaked out parent, like, "Oh my god, this is happening. Are you ready?" <laughs> and he was like sweating bullets, and I thought that was adorable. I really liked that. Yeah. It's an incredibly human moment for Data right after just being like called a cold hand of a machine or whatever. Right. Dr. Fuck. Yeah. Right. She's all like, uh, she doesn't need you. Uh, go get someone else. Right. Yeah. Go find your oil can there, Tin Man. Go get somebody with a pulse. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, Pulaski. Yeah. She's rough. You're only, you're only here for a little bit. Right. Yeah. You are a guest on this show. You will show some <laughs> We're going to get Wesley's mom back, whatever her name was. <laughs> Beverly. I know that. I was saying I was like, that's how. I'm, I'm actually impressed that I remembered that, to be honest with you. Dr. Crusher. I'm not on a first name basis with Dr. <laughs> Crusher. You are. She went through a lot of trouble to become a doctor, so I got to call her Dr. Crusher. Yeah, I got to respect that position. So. Anyway, uh, for for being uh, directed by Rob Bowman, who has directed uh, a metric ton of these episodes, probably the most out of any of the uh, of the directors up to this point. This was his sixth episode, Randy. Yes, I'm looking at our at our graph right now. Is and, it his least um, good too? It's yes. <laughs> I, I, I would say I bad. would say yeah. <laughs> I mean, regardless of what the IMDb rating is, just our own personal rating, I'm going to say yes to that. Um, now, uh, we had two two writers who, this is their first turn on the series, uh, Jaron Summers and John Povill, but that's because they wrote the initial episode uh, for the late 70s um, for that Star Trek Phase Two series that never happened. They took a crack at doing a new draft of the script for The Next Generation and tailored it for The Next Generation cast. But... Um, Maurice Hurley oversaw that as the showrunner, and uh, he's also responsible for having written a bunch of episodes from season one. So I want to uh, say yeah, also he did, he did six, four in season four. one. Yeah, so this will be his fifth episode. Right, but all they were all yays. By the way, let the record show that they were all yay episodes from Maurice Hurley. But I also do want to point out that I don't think he really took much of a hand in writing this one. I think uh, as showrunner. Um, he gets a writing credit for just kind of trying to make it work, mm-hmm. even though it was the, the product of, of two other writers and a product of a writer's strike. And there was, a, you know, a bunch of other things that just kind of they were supposed to have longer amount of time to shoot every episode. But because the writer's strike delayed the beginning of production so much, um, it actually ended up meaning that all the episodes for season two had a shorter production timetable than they did for season one even so uh this really kind of felt like it would have benefited maybe from a little bit of additional additional polish put on the writing stage but overall i mean it's not a terrible episode it's interesting it feels like star trek you know whatever that means (laughs) but uh you know alien entities impregnating somebody and and you know creating life it's not the the this isn't the last time we're going to come across a storyline like this in the pantheon of star trek so um yeah i mean i don't know if we need to say a whole heck of a lot more uh about it before we we rank it guys what do you what do you think nay yeah i i just i know that after reading about it the phase two there was a backup story of, or a side B story, whatever, of the ship's hull slowly dissolving and the vessel's going to break apart in a matter of hours. And I don't think that this needed that. I think it would have been okay with just the one story. I don't, I don't think that it helped having the two related in any sort of way. I think it would have been better if he just, as you said, lived his, wanted to see what it was like to, to learn from humans have a, uh, a human experience and then even just his bond with Deanna and how you could know somebody for, you know, five minutes or uh, five days and you could make an incredible connection with somebody. I think that that's very relatable and I don't think yeah. we needed the, the, the ship in danger side story. Yeah. The B story only seemed to serve the purpose of 
Like it's almost like they wrote themselves in a corner and like, how do we get rid of this kid? We don't want this kid around. We already got a kid we hate on this this enterprise. Right. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I know that thing we brought on this ship, that B story. It's it, it, it's interacting with his force energy. Right. But I think if 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 he would have if he would have only been the story, then maybe he could have aged all the way through uh, a human life cycle. You know. Yeah. And just fast forward to early. yeah, exactly. I, I think that yeah. that. That could have worked, and he, and then he just turned turned to a ball energy again and gone off on other, you know, doing hot ball shit in space. <laughs> yeah, it seemed to be like one day was six months in his life or something. Yeah, he could have just been on there for uh, you know two hundred days. Yeah, it could have been <laughs> it could have been like an entire season, just like a guest a guest he role for the entire season. Older. Yeah, and it's played <laughs> by like five or six different actors, you know, like starting as a young kid and then, you know, they make up the kid to start looking like a teenager, then they get like an older teenager or 20-something, yeah. you know, then they get like a 40-something and then they get like a 60-something kind of, you know. And then he could have died in the finale instead yeah. of having this Riker episode that's of like a 3.2 or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> it could have been a really sad send-off for this character. And, and by that point in time, hopefully we would have developed we would have developed a, an affinity and maybe even a love for this character. But I mean, in the same breath, I'm saying this, realizing that we only have Dr. Pulaski for one season, and we already realize she's kind of a piece of shit, and we're already looking forward for her departure. So, but I don't it's know. the writing, though, right? What if no, he was? Yeah, what yeah. if he was a fun character and no, someone that you liked? Yeah. Well, they yeah. did this on the the the, the, sh- the show Enterprise. Uh, at one point, their chief engineer Trip, um, he gets this. Something happens to him to where he's like in a medically induced coma, and the only thing they can bring him back would be like, uh, you know, if he had like family DNA. But his sister had died in a previous season, Dino and so DNA. Yeah, exactly. So, di- so Doctor Flox was able to clone him, and so the whole thing was, I can create a clone of you, of this of Trip, but the clone will only live like eight days, and so we basically see, you know, him do it, and this baby be born, and turns into this like little kid. And then everyone who was totally fine with them, like, yeah, clone them. We, we save our friend, blah, blah, blah. And now they, like, fall in love with them. And then as he grows into, like, an adult, he looks exactly like their friend who – and now they realize that, like, it's a lot – it's going to be a lot harder to put this guy to sleep and take his body and stuff like that. And uh, it's, a, it's a very, very emotional episode. And uh, it's, it's, this, is, this, this episode is almost like a forebearer to that episode. Mm-hmm. I could Maybe they realized it was a missed opportunity. <laughs> Maybe a, that, that other one just rips your heart out of the end. Yeah, see, it can be done, right? And that's all yeah, in one episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that's just a little bit more sophisticated storytelling, just from 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 Trek being around longer, from being able to tackle a little bit harder stories. Maybe by that point in time, because that was in the two thousands, the, right. the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. You know, we 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 were in a different era of storytelling than we were back in the 80s with Next Generation, for sure. Uh, but I agree with you, David. I'm, I'm a nay on this episode. Um, Justin, where do you fall? I was a nay five minutes into this episode. <laughs> I'm like, why are we still talking about this episode? <laughs> I hated it. I hated it so goddamn much. We've already made the episode a thousand times better um, with how it should have gone. Not, yeah. And that's not even like hyperbole. Like, Anybody could have made this episode better. And I, th- I think if someone, instead of watching this episode, should look into what, what Phase 2 was going to be and how exciting a premises it was and just the the crazy back and forth in the history of Phase 2. You know, like Ralph McQuarrie, you know, the famous per- famous des- designer from, like, Star Wars. At one point, they brought him in to, like, redesign the Enterprise. I'm like, holy shit. And, uh, you know, a- unfortunately, a lot of the stuff they were going to use got got put into that Star Trek, the motion picture nonsense, but uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff that was talked about in phase two that um, I, I want to say they even filmed a little bit of it. I'm sure it's mostly just like screen tests and stuff like that, but uh, it's a, it's a wild, it's a wild read. I'm sure there's probably books written about it, but uh, it's worth Wikipedia in it. I'm sure there's a concise breakdown for you. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So we're all three nays. Yep, <laughs> we are we are united. Execute phase one for that. Yeah. <laughs> Time to flush that turd. That is a yeah. long-standing joke. <laughs> so, like circa 2005. <laughs> yeah. So because I'm concerned that we're going to have some more boring ass episodes that we're going to hate on, I thought maybe we'd uh, make it a little more fun and uh, in the spirit of like a good old-fashioned drinking game. Of course, 
no drinks need to be consumed, but you know, if you want to, you can. Uh, I thought the three of us could kind of almost like fantasy football this. And uh, uh, I had a couple ideas for, for how we could see uh, who can get the most points this season. Uh, if you guys are into the idea. Sure. I love it. All right. Wait, so wait, wait. I, Who's keeping track of the points? So <laughs> I will be the custodian of the points, but you are welcome to keep score along with me. And at the end, at the end of each episode, I'll give you a tally of Justin got this many points, Randy got this many points, David got this many points, and there may be episodes where none of us get points. And so, when you're watching, are you gonna episode, are you gonna add on to the to the sheet that we already have that has? Um, I certainly can. Just so it's all in one place. And that would keep yeah. it transparent too. And then if anything sounds like there's some shenanigans going on, I'm sure our listeners can call us out on any kind of like, wait a second, Justin had more points last episode, yeah. and now, like now he's that, in right? last place. <laughs> David has a way of winning games. I I, I will be fully <laughs> transparent if you and, and at the end. So at the end of the episode, when I give the points, that is your opportunity to make a case. If you think I've made an error, you don't get to make a point like four episodes later. I think that's fair, don't you Got guys? It. Yes. And there there are there are three of us, so we shouldn't have a tie. So if you plead your case and uh, you if Justin pleads the case and he has an argument against me, Randy gets to be the arbiter of that discussion. Got it. All right. So basically, Keith David was an arbiter once. He was. So basically, this is this whole thing is we're just going to go on these four things. Uh, if we want to throughout the season to add things, uh, if you guys think of something you want to add later on, we can totally keep adding it on and we can change it up every season. So, what I think one of the first thing we should do is each of us will pick one of the three main characters. You know, that is your Picard, your Riker, and your Data. After that, there are about there are six six people that I would say are the secondary characters, and we'll each pick two of them. And those characters, oops, where's my paper? So those characters are Jordy, Worf, Wesley Crusher, Pulaski, Troy, and Guinan. And uh, so we each had to pick two of those. And then a fun thing for a third, I put alien in episode, non Worf, and non any other alien species. I guess Troy's technically an alien too. Uh, and if that alien appears in the episode, you get a point as well. We can pick either one alien or two aliens. I'll leave that up to you guys. And then in case at the end of the season we have a tie, we're going to count how many times from episode two through episode 20, whatever, the 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 word engage is used. And uh, whoever is closest to that wins. So does that all make sense to you guys? I know I said a lot of words. I don't want to be confusing <laughs> here. Uh, Sounds great. I, I think I do. There was... What was the what was the game prior to uh, the engage? Aliens. We'll draft aliens. aliens. So we Got can it. just do. We each pick one alien. If we want to go like Vulcan, Klingon, Romulan. If we want to go two aliens, you know, throw the Borg and you know, Tellurites and Andorians in there. We can do that. Uh, as long so, as they're not a main cast member. So you can say Klingon. It's just Worf doesn't count as a Klingon. Correct. Any regular Understood. cast member doesn't count. You could say Betazoid and Troy wouldn't count. Those are really the only aliens. On but the- her mom would, and she's always lurking around. The oh, mom God. would, in fact, count as a Betazoid. <laughs> uh, so, so I will pick last. So Justin and Randy. Uh, so Justin, pick a number between one and ten, and then Randy will pick, and whoever's closest without going over wins. Uh, two, seven. It is seven. Why would you pick two? Then he just had to pick three, and then he get eight numbers. Doesn't matter, Randy. Dude, you get pick two. <laughs> you get you get to pick the main character first, then Justin, and then me. So, Randy, who is your who is your main character? You want to pick? I got to go with the man with the beard. I'm going with Riker. All right. Let me write all this down so we can remember. All right. So Randy's got Riker. Justin, who do you want between Data and Picard? I'll go with Picard. All right, Justin has Picard, which means I get the data. And honestly, there's no losers in that bunch. They're all great characters. Right. All right, so now for the secondary character, there are are six total choices. So what we're going to do is we're going to go, it's going to go Justin, since he lost the the, the thing, he's going to go first, then Randy, then I will go twice, and then Randy, and then Justin. So we'll go one way and then back the other way. So Justin... Who is your secondary character? And if you need me to list them out, I will happily do it. Uh, I'll take Jordy. All right. Justin has Jordy. Okay, Randy, who do you got? Um, ooh, uh, give me give me Guinan. Ooh, Dark Horse. I am going to go Worf. <laughs> and choice. then for my next choice, 
as much as it kills me. Wesley. I'm going to go Wesley. <laughs> what a fucker. What, a, <laughs> what is... Uh, who's left? Pulaski so, Randy, you have Troy or Pulaski? <gasps> we just had a Pulaski episode. I know, and I, and I, and I, I and know we're going to get more. Yeah, that was really a Troy episode. Um, damn it. Or you're, you're welcome to pick another secondary character if you think that O'Brien or... That's really the only other one I can think of. Yeah, <laughs> Jordy, think of was other... Jordy on that list? Uh, Jordy was picked first by Justin. Oh, okay. And I told so you like you picked Guinan, I picked right. Worf and Wesley. Right. So right. um so yeah, so on the board I have Troy and Pulaski, but if you wanted to pick O'Brien or someone else, you could as well. No, no, no. I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna go two dark horses. Um as much as I don't like her, I'm gonna go Pulaski because I know we're gonna have to have a couple of episodes centered on her this season. I think it's just a smart choice. All right, so Justin, you have Troy. Right. All right, so now we're going alien. To, to Randy, so to go Randy, Justin, me. Uh, we'll just pick one alien. So, Randy, what is the alien that you want to pick? Vulcans, um, Klingons, Borg, Romulans, Betazoids, Dorians, Tellurites. I'm going to go Klingons. Good old tried and true Klingons. <laughs> Klingon is, is, is an oldie, but a good one. Justin. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't. Vulcans, Romulans. I don't think there's any Ferengis in this. Borg, Ferengi. Oh, Ferengi. Yeah, if I was going to pick a second alien, it would probably be Ferengi. I don't, just I don't I, think there are any. I love them. Borg. Uh, what else do you we You know, got? Borg make an appearance eventually in the season. Yeah, but that's one episode. I think Klingon's a pretty good bet. And I don't have it. Vulcans? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there are any Vulcans in this season. Um, fuck. I mean, I guess, I guess I could. I don't know. Is Q only in one episode? Does he count as uh, as an alien? Q. Uh, the, you could say the consortium. So there's <laughs> there's a couple of Qs. So if you wanted to pick them, you know, he's usually good for an episode a season or so. Episode or two, maybe. I don't know. Well, there were other Qs as well. I mean, oh yeah, I'm... consortium. Okay, yeah, I'll go with that route. Corbin Burnson was a Q. <laughs> I don't think I don't think uh, Ferengi are in season two. All right, Q Consortium, and I am going to go Romulan, just because I don't have really any better guess. All right, so now for the tiebreaker. So in the in the in the event that one or two of us are tied, we will do prices right rules for how many times engage is uttered. Um, so we'll make a rule right now between the three of us. Do we want it only to be when he said they say engage in let's in, make the ship go, or do we want to do any time the word engage is used? I think it should be only time, only when it's meant like, hey, you know, pedal to the metal, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. All right. Which can which can be spoken at any point throughout the episode. Sometimes multiple. It could be in the first right. two sure. minutes. It could be in the last five seconds. And it could oh, be any we're... character says it. Right. And we're we're tallying up the entire season's total of engage, right? This in, including starting in including episode, episode one or no, two. Starting from episode two through the okay. end of this season. Okay, 24, right. 25, however many episodes. So uh Randy went first last time. So Justin, you can go first and pick I don't think engage. you've gone first, Dave. Do you want to go first? I've gone no, first. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of I'm, try, I'm trying to keep it above water. So uh I, I, I don't mind going last. So uh but remember I, I've gone first. I've gone first and Randy's gone first, so you might as well go first. Yeah. Well, you've both gone first twice. So, yeah, and you haven't gone first at all, so go for it. Okay, then I will just throw out a random number. I am going to say 22 times is how many times engage will be said. Okay. Remember, it is Price is Right rules, so $1 Bob is an acceptable answer. So uh, then we will go Justin next. All right, so I will, you said 22. I I'll, said say 22. 20, I'll say 25. Ooh. All right, 25 engaged. And then keep in mind, Randy, there's 21 episodes remaining. Right. right. I appreciate and I, and you I'm... not being a dickhole and going 23 engages, Justin. That that you're a real mensch. I like you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say 15. Oh, I thought you were gonna go the one dollar bot, but okay. I like you. I like you playing a straight. Well, I mean, game. there's a chance that we could all overbid, in which case that's that sucks, right? Yeah. Should I do a dollar? I don't know. I'm doing no. 15. So all right, awesome. I think this will be a lot of fun. So just to recap, so Randy's main character is Riker. His two secondary characters are Guinan and Pulaski. That's quite a duo there. 
Uh, his alien of choice is Klingon. And for the tiebreaker, he believes if 15 engages will be uttered from episode 2 through 22. Justin's main character is Picard. Uh, his two side characters are Jordi and Troy. Very strong. Uh, he has the Q Consortium as his alien or other entity. And he believes there will be 25 engages said throughout this season. Uh, I have Data as my main character. I have Worf, Worf and Wesley Crusher as my secondary characters. I have Romulans as my alien species and 22 engages. So remember, if to get a point for your characters, they need to be the 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 subject of an, either the A or B story, like Troy was in this first episode. The B story was very much all about her. And uh, you, if for the alien, they just have to appear in the episode. They don't have to be the main characters. You know, if a Klingon, and we will count their ships, all right? If a Klingon bird of prey oh. shows up, or, I mean, or does that sound fair? Asterisk. Or do they have to, or do they have to, <laughs> does the alien have to appear? No, because I mean, I think it's safe to assume if a, if a bird of prey showed up, then it's probably going to be a Klingon pilot in it. So that makes sense. Okay. I don't want to put you at disadvantage because Q don't have ships. <laughs> they just <Right>. appear. <laughs> sure. Oh, this is true. But I mean, if let's say that an army of Klingon shows up, does Randy get a point for every Klingon on the it's, screen, or is it, no. or is it just Klingons them making appearance? Like appearance of, he gets yeah, one appearance of Klingons. Okay, yeah, just making sure. Yeah. All right. Should we I do guess... another little game where, like, how many times do we call Pulaski a name in the episode? <laughs> one <laughs> like, million, Bob. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like I know. I just keep thinking of Gilbert Godfrey in Beverly Hills Cop 2, where she'll say something. I'm like, no, no, no. Um, I don't know. Could be but, fun. Yeah. And, and at any point throughout the series, you know, season, we could add that. It doesn't have to be. It can be in episode five, six, whatever. If uh-huh. there's something that you see is kind of like a recurring trope that you think there's a, a fun uh, a fun game we can put on that, you know, we can always add it to the list as well. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, thank you for hearing me. Hopefully this turns out to be fun. And, we can uh, do it in the next season. Does somebody? Yeah. Do we win anything like dinner or something? We, when we play the Wicked PT game, the winner gets a dinner. Sure. Uh, the, so, so last place has to buy first place dinner, and whoever's in second place just has to pay for their own dinner. So after season two, we'll all go out. Just to sit there and watch. Yeah. <laughs> after the season, we'll all Cooking go out. We'll, we'll all go out somewhere <laughs> to a reasonably pli- a reasonably placed dinner, uh, and. Uh, Last place will pay for first place's dinner, and second place just gets to go along, and they pay for their own shit. Okay. Because they're second. Who cares? <laughs> right. Because okay. if you're not first, you're last. Sure. Yeah. We'll go to Denny's, and it'll be my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it's all our. Wow, it's all our birthdays. Wow, I got a. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just go to Cool Ethan's and have them print the cards for us. Sure. Cool Ethan, love it. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Well, that sounds uh, sounds like a, a fun little roadmap set out for this second season. Um, I want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to us and for embarking on yet another journey as we uh, we kick off the second season of Star Trek: The Next Generation. I know uh, any of you that survived the first season with us and are still around to take this uh, this crazy trip. First of all, uh, thank you. Second of all, who? Who hurt you to the point where, where we are your voices of comfort in the darkness? <laughs> um, how 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 did we get here in your life? I don't know, but uh, but I'm glad that we're here. And um, on that note, uh, feel free to listen to the Geek Legacy podcast if you favor something a little lighthearted and fun in the realm of geeky news and reviews. And uh, with that, I bid you adieu, good night, farewell. And until next time, engage.